Hi and welcome to The Final Whistle, your number one sports podcast in Singapore. My name is Deepan. And I'm Firdaus. As we have so often discussed on the show, uh, Singapore has always been blessed with talented goalkeepers over the years. Uh, and with the dominance of Lionel Lewis, Hassan Sani, Izwan Mahmoud, uh, and several others, you know, some have had to lose out. Uh, we see it with Zaiful Nizam right now at the moment. Uh, so talented, but you know, Hassan has a firm grip of the spot between the sticks. Well, today's guest, uh, he was one of the best goalkeepers uh, in the league in the past, uh, when I was starting to watch the, the S-League at the time. Uh, and today, he's part of the coaching staff with Elbrex Negata. Uh, there's a famous chant, of course. Uh, I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> there's only one Fadil Salim. There's only one Fadil Salim. Welcome to the show, Fadil Salim. How are you, man? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Uh, Fadil, uh, welcome to the show. And firstly, we want to start off with Elbrex uh, at the moment. Uh, some might say that they are struggling. Some might say that, you know, not quite the Elbrex they expected. Uh, for you, have you been disappointed so far? Or do you think it's a case of just Japanese players getting used to the league? I think to be honest, um, I think because of COVID, right? And players only managed to come in a little bit later in the season because of quarantine and all that. And we have players coming in one week before the charity shield when we play Lion City Sailors. And eventually at this current moment, I think it's about getting them to get to know each other and getting used to the league with a different um, ball game at the moment. And hopefully this one week break will be good for us as well. And hopefully we can get the ball rolling for the second round of the season. Uh, you talk about, you know, getting used to, you know, how important is it that uh, you get proper game time or training time as a team, you know, because, you know, Elbridge uh, players came in late and all. How important is that? You know, do you think that going into the second round of the season, we can expect a, a much stronger Elbridge, you think? I think it's very crucial how you have your preseason, obviously, because as a team, it works on from the back line all the way up to the striker, even the players that is not playing as well need to be able to be understanding on how Yoshi wanted uh, the team to perform and how they play as well. So as we have a bit of hiccup in terms of the preparation, I hope the second round will eventually the players able to understand how the league is and they're able to perform much better in the second round onwards. Uh, you talk about the, the league itself. Uh, from the outside, it seems like a much stronger SPL this season. Uh, do you feel that way as well? No? Do you feel it's a much more competitive league? I believe and I saw that it's very competitive and to be honest, you see some teams like Tanjung Paga, even though they are they are quite uh, new in terms of some of the players, but they managed to prove a lot of doctors wrong by now in the top three in the league. So it's very interesting to see teams like Tanjung Paga and even I think because of his short first round, I believe teams are also getting uh, their grip together to be able to perform better in the second round and because it's a four round this season, yeah, it's a quite a long season. I believe it will be very competitive in terms of teams and and how the league on the end will be very interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to the second round already. Uh, let's now start talking about you uh, going back to the start in terms of how you started playing football. Uh, was this a sport that you picked up because you were watching people on TV or because of your family? How did it start? So basically, my late dad was uh, was playing football uh, when he was younger. So I was influenced by him to start playing football. And I start off when I was in primary school. And it started just from there, from the age of nine years old. And then all the way after that, it just naturally came to me to be playing football for the rest of, almost half of my life, I can say that. So, so when you say um, naturally, does this mean that people around you were playing football, like your cousins, your friends. Was this also a primary factor? Actually, the reason why was, you know, last time when we had a void deck kind of thing where a lot of friends and neighbour was just playing football on, on the void deck. And it was into us all the time because that point of time was the Malaysia Cup era where we have the 94 when Singapore beat 4-0 at the stadium itself. I was I went there as well mm-hmm. and it was came into all of us. Lah. As young, we wanted to be a football player and eventually it happens to me naturally. So you talk about wanting to be a football player. Uh, did you want to be a goalkeeper? Okay, to be a goalkeeper, not really because I, last time when we have this Milo scheme in my time mm. where I, wa- I started off as a player actually. Oh. So I was playing as a right mid. So so-called that point of time, I think the era was David Beckham era. <laughs> so influenced by David Beckham so-called. Then in one of my school game actually, uh, one of my goalkeeper didn't turn up for the game. And then... This was the- secondary school? Primary school. Oh, primary so school. 
the 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 teacher asked anyone volunteer to be in goal so i told myself okay lah i try lah because being a goalkeeper confirm can play one <laughs> so eventually then that happens then from there on it naturally become part of uh, my my position to carry on playing football but but why i mean clearly you you probably were quite good enough to play outfield at the point of time right i mean with the milo soccer school and all uh what made you decide to stay in goal after that game so when I remember when we played, I was in Jinshan Primary School. It was a rainy day and it was very, it was, there's a penalty that opponent had. So I saved the penalty. Eventually, I don't know how, how it happens. And from there on, I told myself, wow, this is fun. Huh? And people look at me and say, wow, they were cheering for you. I feel, wow, this is good. You get the limelight and all that. So I tell, okay, never mind. Lah. I try. Lah. We see how it goes from there on. So and when, it happens. <laughs> when, when do you realize though that you were quite a good goalkeeper? Because... I mean, for for you to pursue it as a profession, you must have realized at some mm-hmm. point that no, I'm not too bad at it. What was the point? So when I went to secondary school, um, for set one, there's no school team, so there's there's only PE. So one of the PE teacher we were playing football during the PE lesson, and I play in goal, and then he come to me, hey, Fadil, I think you should come for the trial for the school team because we don't have any goalkeeper that is as good as you. He said. Then from there, then I just went for the trial, got selected for the school team. Then it just eventually happened. Uh. I didn't even like went for any training. So basically, it's just playing void deck and playing with your friends and it happens. But, but do you think that you had a natural ability for it? I mean, is it? do they call this natural ability? Do you feel like reflexes, you already had them? I think it's about reading on the game. Uh, because at that point of time, I have this speciality in reading of the game. And I be able to see like just how to say like I know this opponent going to do this so it just happened actually I think the, because of the reading of the game helped me a lot in my games when I was playing also so yeah. when, when you were going through the the age group tournaments at that time in school level mm-hmm. and all uh, did those performances help you confirm that you you think I can make it as a goalkeeper yes because I remember in one of my school game uh, one of the coach coach Zube he was a Sembawang Rangers uh, coach at Black Point he was watching games lah. and he came eventually to me and asked me hey, you want to come for a trial at Sembawang then I said you must be kidding or what because it's not even like my something that I really wanted no? then it happens because I know back then I wanted to be a footballer mm-hmm. and I think it's a stepping stone and I went for trial with Sembawang they supposed to register their play the next day I came the, ne- the day itself And he gave me the registration uh, form to sign up. So I told myself, okay lah, we go lah. Then my mom have to sign because parent consent and all that. How old were you? That was 16. 16? Yeah. So basically in secondary four. Yeah. Wow. And and at that time, did you think about having a career or it, it all happened too fast for you to even think about it? I think it happens too fast lah. Then, event- then I was playing for Sembawang and then eventually after that, they have this um, East, South, West, Uh, tournament and Robert Lim was in charge of the NFA under 18 so they do a selection and I got selected for NFA I said like wow this is too fast for me did <laughs> <laughs> things happen and then I went for NFA and I didn't start as a starting goalkeeper Hassan was there at that oh, point Hassan of time was there. Hassan was there Hassan was 17 I uh, was uh, 17 I was I think was 18 Hassan was turning then I be there as a second choice and that point of time Bising was there as a goalkeeper coach and the players was by uh, Sharil everybody was there lah. so from there then I start out and then I remember I played one international game for the younger one against Indonesia and Hassan was injured I came in and I saved a penalty again I don't know how it happened <laughs> again <laughs> so basically my career is all involved a lot about penalty save lah. that's the reason why I bring myself man, to, to do, carry on do you look back and think like man if I hadn't saved that first penalty <laughs> do you think you'd still be a goalkeeper or would you remain a right mid well, very hard question to answer <laughs> because I didn't know because if you ask me that point of time I was enjoying myself lah because Back then, goalkeeper training was different from players. Mm. You don't have a specific goalkeeper coach to go to to do drills with you. So basically, you come, you train the other goalkeeper and it was fun because no much running, no much fitness. <laughs> <laughs> But what is it about playing in goal that you, know, you really enjoy? You know, is you talk about this feeling when you save a penalty, uh, where everyone's looking at you, that, that's correct. But Also, when you make mistakes, everyone is also looking at you. And sometimes, you know, even when it's not your fault, you become the one who has to take the fault for it, right? So, putting all these together, what made it enjoyable as a goalkeeper? Actually, um, in my starting of my career, I did a lot of mistakes, to be honest, I did. But the people around me who supported me and encouraged me was very important at that point of time. I still remember when I playing for Woodlands, there was Zucanai Zainal, there is Simon Clark. 
the crazy captain. So he will eventually were like they uh, encourage me and tell me it's okay. You do a mistake, it's fine, but make sure you don't repeat the same mistake. So when I have all this with me and good. Uh, support from Coach Karatu. That point was the Malaysian coach, Coach Karatu. He believed in me so much. And that's the reason why it put me able to overcome any situation that I face and put me where I am right now. So when you talk about, you know, how everything was moving too fast, uh, you were, of course, finished school at that point of time. Have you finished NS when you made your, your debut for Woodlands at that time? So when I made my debut for Woodlands, I was still schooling. Okay. I was in IT Yishun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... It was a funny story because the teacher itself, the lecturer in IT, they allowed me to go for training and games. And they said, it's okay, no need to do your assessment. We will make sure you pass your assessment. Nice. <laughs> Just because at that point of time, I was the only uh, player in IT Shun that is representing a athletic club. Okay. So it's a big thing for them. Lah. Mm. Yeah. So then after that, I have to went to I went to NS after two years in Woodlands in 2004 Four and five. Okay. Yeah. So when you went to Woodlands at the time, uh, it's a similar question to what I asked earlier. So do you have any time to think for yourself like, hey, like, is this really what I want to do? Like, you know, should I go and continue my school? Did you have time to think about this at all or because you were already in the system, so to speak, you know, the decision was made for you? So actually when I received my first contract from Venga, so that was a turning point for me lah, when he offered a contract, not much lah, just a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Then, that time, I was supposed to be a backup goalkeeper for Norisham Zainol. Yeah, so it started so off. So it's an s contract? It's an s contract. Your first yeah. contract was an s contract? s contract. Okay. Yeah, so when Norisham Zainol played the first game and then he got injured. ACL injury, eight Ooh. months out. So that's when everything comes to me like singing like, wow, this is like my time to shine. Lah. And then I told myself, either I take it or I don't take it. Yeah, so basically when that happened, they changed my contract. <laughs> they increased my salary because I was the first choice because Norisha was out. So when I saw that money and I'm earning and playing, it's like two things. Then it become like, uh, wow, this is something that I need to look into and do better than what I am. You, you talked about, you know, making mistakes, you know, when you, when you first started out. Was this because of a lack of experience or uh, because of fear? What, what was causing the mistakes? Um, I think nervousness is very is one of part of something that as a young players that they have in him in them and also lack of playing time because I don't play much game. I was thrown into the fray to play uh, first team football, and it's very difficult to adapt actually because uh, for goalkeepers they need a lot of matches to improve to be better in terms of their positioning, their reading of the game, and how they manage their game management and all that. So it took me about three to four games to settle down before I managed to get a grip of how is it like to play in a S-League football. That's actually quite quick. Like how, how do you do that? Because like as a young player coming in and taking on an important position, basically last line of defense, being a goalkeeper, then you're in a squad, a Woodland squad that has players like Zukanan Zainal, Hasrin Jalani, John Wilkinson, Gotak Chuan. Or do you feel a bit like, oh man, this is a bit bigger than what I thought my debut or my career would be? Actually, at first, yes, but I'm really um, fortunate to have all these people around me. I think they really helped me a lot. I think Nasaruddin Jalil the Kuda, is it Kuda? I think uh, people call him Kuda. So he's the one who helped me a lot. He and Joe Wilkinson to say that. Lah. Yeah, so they always uh, help me in terms of telling me, hey, this is your chance, no better take it. No one going to give you just like that because, you know, back then, the senior player wasn't like now. Mm. <laughs> They're really hard on you. So... Mm. So, but they are very nice to me and sometimes they are hard, sometimes they encourage me. So that's the reason helped me to learn a lot and have to be quick in terms of I adapt to the situation back then. For those, you, you of course did some research about the walkout uh, which happened amongst the Woodland squad. So it, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with this, uh, but it says, you know, you returned to the club in 2007 later on with Woodlands uh, and the entire Woodland squad staged a walkout uh, as a protest against the decision that the referee made. Do you remember this? Are you, are you laughing? So I assume you remember this incident. Can you share with us what happened? I remember clearly we are playing Tampines Rovers. Yeah, so it's at Woodland Stadium. That point of time, the chairman was Francis Gomez. Mm. Yeah, so the game was, the first goal that we considered was an outside decision, but the referee overturned it and gave it as a goal. So when the second goal came in, it was the same decision. 
So the chairman from top of the stand went down to York Strambona was the coach and asked all of us to walk out of the field. And then since our pay master, we have to listen yeah. <laughs> eventually. So we cannot do anything. So I remember I didn't play again. Yazid was in goal. Yeah, so Yazid was the only player that stayed in the field to face 11 Tamanese players. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the game carried on. So basically, when about to kick off, then all the players went off, only Yazid stay. So then eventually it becomes so big hoo-ha about what's, uh, what's going to happen and all of us stay inside the dressing room until the game finished and we didn't want to finish the game. It was one of the, I don't I, how how I don't know describe it. It's very difficult. Like. It's not as me, I was thinking like, what the hell is happening here? This is football. Then like, you cannot overturn the rule but the chairman said we need to get out then everybody leave then I so have to follow lah. Well, I would love to see a, a video of this uh, incident. Yeah. I'm sure Yazid will remember this uh, incident quite well. Uh, going back to Woodlands at that time, uh, you talked about you know how senior players uh, are not like what they are like now. Uh, how important is it that you know you had these senior players around you, uh, not just to guide you but to also learn off from them? I think it's important because uh, usually they will share their experience, how they've been through and to help us look uh, younger player on how to adapt in situation because they faced this situation before. But now it's different because it's a new era and it's a modern era, I would say that. And players are able to access to a lot of things at the current moment, YouTube and to be able to get database and all that is very easy. Back then, it's not as uh, easy access like what they are they have it now so that's a, we use a lot of older players to help us to experience and go through and how we can overcome the situation where we faced last time rather than now so so how were you like to younger players were you also tough or you by the time you got to that age you were also <laughs> quite nice with the younger players actually when I was at Woolen I was a bit tough on the younger player lah. yeah so the reason why I'm tough is about discipline. So for me, you need to be respect, uh, respectable uh, person to all the players because for me, if you have good discipline, it will bring you a longer way in your career. Lah. Because discipline is very key for me. Yeah, when I was at Haogang, my teammate around me was, I think, a lot of crazy guy. Lah. I got Boy Fatih, I got No Ali, yeah. I got Azar Sarudin, I got all these players that they are big players and they have their own character. Then to be able to to share and tell them what can be done and cannot be done is very difficult. But to help the local player and the younger one to understand that if you have good discipline, you won't get scolding by the senior player. Lah. That's important. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you, of course, made a move to Young Lions uh, in 2006 uh, where you had the opportunity to play under Coach Fandi Ahmad at that time. Uh, how did it feel like for you? I'm sure Fandi is also one of the, the idols that you had growing up. So I think in the 2006 squad for Young Lion was, I think it's the best Young Lion squad ever. Mm. We had Bayaki, we had Ridwan, we had Sharir, Tengku, Shuko, Chuli, Kairu Ambri, Fazru Nawawa, the name go on. <laughs> so basically we have a squad of 35 players at that point of time. And we are playing in the Malaysia Cup. Yes. Also as well. Mm -hmm. And we had Fandi as a head coach. Then we had Terry Pakwanadin as an assistant coach. And to have the best attacking player and the best defensive player in the team working together, that helps us a lot in terms of how we manage the season to finish third in the league. Yeah. And we also went to the semi-final and we lost to police, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So Sorry, I, I just want to talk about this because currently over the last few years, we always look at uh, Young Lions and we say, Ah, like they're young. That's why, you know, the results are as such, you know, they can't compete because look, uh, at the end rate, they're not professional players. They deal with NS and so on. It was the same for you guys as well, right? So why was it that your team was able to be successful? What, what do you think is the key difference? Do you think, is it down to just talent alone? I think partly is the talent itself. And before this Young Lions squad in my time was uh, formed, all these players was playing at club's level. So like we came after they want because it was a C game I still remember so they need to put the teams together so all, most of the players were from club level even though they're not playing in the first team they are from the Premier League team so when they go through with the senior players they are able to bring the experience back to Young Lions where all of us are there with our own experience and that point of time the players really want it they, they work together and then the way that how Fandi and Terry and the coaching team put us together in terms of session and how they manage us really helped us a lot. Uh. So how was Fandi like as a coach? Because 
uh, a lot of the conversations, uh, I'm not sure for those you agree, but a lot of the conversation about Fundy always is, oh, he was a good player, but coach, uh, we don't know, not sure. But you have worked under him, you know. Is he a good coach? You know, what's his style like? Okay, for 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 my personal view, I think that point of time, uh, when I was playing under him, he was a great coach lah in terms of managing the players' expectation, in terms of um, managing the players who didn't play as well because a big squad of 35, you need to manage everyone. Mm. So in terms of his management, in terms of how he managed the players, is very important. And on the field itself, when he uh, when we have to go against a big team and all that, he prepared the, the team very well. And for me, I believe that at that point of time, I th- I believe that he was a great coach for us lah. At the time with the young lions, who were the other goalkeepers uh, in the squad? Uh, Alau, <laughs> okay, and Zakaria Norman, yeah, one of the goalkeeper back then. And that point of time, Izwan was in the NFA 18, and he trained with us as well. Okay, yeah. So during these times where you know you you were obviously seen as the up and coming goalkeeper, and Hassan was also uh, in and around there. Lionel was in and around there. Did you think to yourself like? I mean, I'm sure you had aspirations to play for the national team, but did you know and realize that it is going to be a tough battle? Did you already feel that way or was was there a mentality within you that told yourself like, don't worry, just keep fighting, you will get your your chance? I think um, that point of time, Lionel played in the 2004 Tiger Cup, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, he was, big. I think he won the best goalkeeper or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So that point of time, when the start of the season for Young Lions, Hassan was playing for Geelang, if I'm not mistaken. So usually for all those um, call-up and all that, see games, we always, three of us will be there. And I don't. I I see it as a good challenge for myself, and deep down I know that I'm not going to play. You, you, <laughs> you knew that. I knew that I'm not going to play, but that point of time, Fundy always tell me that don't worry. If you did your you did well and you perform well, I'm sure you have a chance. Your chance will come lah. So, Fundy helped me a lot in terms of telling me that oh you can do it, you can do it. So that bring me inspire me to to try and fight for my place, but. You know lah, certain times is very difficult happens and coach decision and all that and it didn't happen but I was part of the SEA Games squad. That was the target for me to go to SEA Games and and also to get picked for the Tiger Cup as well and that uh, Sugi Cup at that point of time was a great achievement for me also. So when you say that you know you knew that um, you, you wouldn't be able to, to get national team chance, uh, would you say that it is because you you clearly thought that Hassan or, or Lionel were just a bit at a higher level than you, did you feel that way at all or it was more because they already had an experience before that so it's very hard to replace them? I think the reason why I think the experience that they have, they are, they played more international game more than me then. For me to have a chance to play, it's a bit hard. Yeah, I think the experience wise that they way ahead of me, that's the reason partly I think coaches also need to have experienced keeper to play and that's the reason why I think I didn't get much chance in the national team lah. Okay, we talk about this experience that's needed uh, as a goalkeeper, right? Uh, why is it so vital and why do you think it's a pattern amongst coaches that they don't, not most of them trust like younger goalkeepers, even though sometimes, you know, experienced goalkeepers make mistakes and all, but they stick with them all the way. Why is this the case? I think it's important when you play international game and the local league, right? It's totally different. So the pace and the experience that the other teams bring to 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 the team is different. So the reason why, because it's you know when national team is coaches' job is always on the line, so so they have to field the best players and someone that they trust. And I think experience play a lot of part in some coaches, like different coaches, like you see the even I remember in 2010, Uh, so he cup Izwan played because he had no experience because Lionel was injured Hassan was injured but Radi stick to Izwan because Radi believe so it's depending on the coach which kind of goalkeeper they want to feel for their team okay uh, going back to your your club career of course uh, after you left Young Lions you had a second stint with Woodlands in 2007 uh, before moving on to Gombak United uh, how did the move to to Gombak happen at that time so um, when I was Woodlands I have two years contract. So I left with one year contract and that point of time, Gombak chairman was John Yap. Mm. So he asked me whether I'm interested to play for Gombak. And I have to clear off my contract with Woodland first before I can move. So I managed to speak to the uh, the, man, uh, the general manager of Woodland and I managed to 
ease off my contract and go to Gombak to play for Gombak for the two years in two, 2008 and 2009. So yeah. how, how was that decision like for you at that time? I mean, um, in terms of the Gombak squad, were you looking forward to something? Working forward to... Uh, looking forward to working with a particular coach. How was it like? So in Gombak, the the squad was quite new. Also, I think they had Shevki, Bamamadu, and all those players, Faizal Hamid as well. And it was a new challenge for me actually because at Ulen, the the funny thing at Ulen was there's me and Yazid. Mm-hmm. So two of us are able to start a game. So there was an agreement between the two of us and York Srembuna that each of us play two games each. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like a two game each. So I wanted to challenge myself more. So that's the reason why I left Ulan to go to Gombak, mm, yeah, to okay. establish myself more. So speaking of Gombak, you have mentioned in an interview before that uh, one of your worst moments in in your career came while you were at Gombak. W- what happened? Wow. <laughs> so basically, when at Gombak, um, I started the game as a first. I started the season as a first choice goalkeeper. I remember. I think John Yap is a very uh, result oriented chairman right and one of the game I make a mistake mm-hmm. yeah during the game he sucked me out in the I think in the 60 minute or in the 50 minutes yeah so after that point of time the following game until the end of the season I didn't play oh, wow. yeah due to one mistake that I make lah uh, so the 2008 that was in 2008 so when 2009 when Darren Stewart came in yeah that's when time where I start playing again yeah so so of course you, you would have been very indebted to the late uh, Darren Stewart Uh, but how important is it that coaches, you know, do talk to players, you know, after a mistake? And and I think it's understandable that they will sub a player out, but have the conversation with them. And you know, do you do it? You know, to to younger players these days. And how how does that work? So did you learn from what happened? Yeah. So from the experience that I went through, you know, it's like a roller coaster ride for me, right? So I manage now whatever I gone through. I will try to relate to the to to the younger players right now, even the goalkeepers as well, to tell them that even the even the mistake happen, I will rectify the problem. And then you know, in football, goalkeeper is the last line of defense. You always started from the top, go back all the way down to the goalkeeper. But now it's a different ball game, and I always help the players to understand. Because now we have a privilege for the video replays and all that, and we are able to look at the replays and justify the whatever situation that can be done better before lead to the mistake. Yeah, mm-hmm. to help the players to learn and don't repeat the same mistake again. Okay. How how did you um get over that whole part, that whole dark part about being left out in 2008? Because I mean, now it's it's. A conversation we can have openly, like Mm-mm. a mental a mental health of an athlete. But back then, like not much spotlight was given on it. And I guess, do you feel like you were alone in that fight? So that that point of time, it was a bit hard. But for me, that point of time, I know that I'm contracted to Gomba. I have to be professional in terms of how I behave and how I react. So I I I go to training like per normal. I train my best. I do my best in training to prove that I'm still here if you need me. Yeah. So, but. It's very hard that point of time because like you say, it's different in terms of how we can manage but the people around your teammates is very crucial, I think. Because back then, you know, no designated goalkeeper coach <laughs> again. So mm-hmm. it's always changing here and there. So it's very difficult but only the people around you, your family members, your teammates is the one who help you to put you together and say, it's okay, come on. You are better than what you are. So don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and of course, one coach who I believe gave you a lot of belief uh, was the coach that you worked with next. Uh, when you made a move to Hakong United in 2010, uh, how was that move like for you and how did it come about? Okay, so after the 2009 Gombak season, I almost retired from football. Oh, are you serious? Because... I didn't have any offer, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't a good uh, career at Gombak lah for me. So I remember the season end by November, late December. I think Eddie came. Uh, he was playing for Sengkang and then he got become the coach. Then he called me. He asked me, Fadil, uh, where are you playing next year? I say no club at the moment. Okay, I want to sign you. That's that was the conversation he had with me lah. So, but sorry, how how serious were you about giving up football? Because okay, you see, last time when as a players, right, your contract is only one year, mm. 11 months, and it's a short term career. You don't if you don't get offer by June, August, October, you know that done, it's finished, and then is you're very lucky because if a club call you by the month of December, 
is like you're the last piece lah. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the you know the they don't have choice but they have to sign you. And if you are the last choice of player that is signed, the salary thing can be something that they dictate. It's not that what you want. Mm. Yeah. So there is a win lose situation for for the players, but win win situation for the club lah. Okay. So uh, when ID called you. I guess it was an easy decision because you still deep down wanted to play to play football. Yes, so correct. who who decided? Uh, you know that would you, would you be number one? Would you be a reserve? Did those conversations take place? Okay, so that point of time they had Amos Boon. Ah, Amos, Amos Boon was thirty nine years old. Mm-hmm. Time I think he's going to retire and all that. Mm-hmm. So and you were? I was about thirty 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 one. Okay, yeah. So when Eddie called, Eddie said that um I need to fight for my place. With Amos, yeah. So I told myself, ah, it's okay lah. Just go for it lah. <laughs> so when I went, and then it started off well, for, very well for me. I think the season I started the game, the first game, second game, and then actually I started all the game. So Amos only playing the cup game. So it was a good start for me, and also that point of time, this was Sengkang, right? They have a very young squad, and we were considering go like nobody business because of the young squad, and. I managed to always keep the scoreline low in terms like sometimes we always get beaten like sometimes five six but I managed to keep it like two or three with my performance because I really want it, yeah and also small club people will always look at you, yeah so that's my 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 take on it lah. So when 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 you say uh you know you try to keep the the score down at the time, um I, I it might sound like a dumb question but as a goalkeeper is it nicer or, or more fun to play in a game where you have nothing to do at all and you know your team dominates possession you just stand there and watch or do you still want to be part of the, the action and, and make saves okay for goalkeeper right you is okay how established you are as a goalkeeper is very important in terms of your experience and all that that point of time I know that I'm there but I'm not there in myself but during the game when you make Good save when you make save that can prevent the team from uh, losing or lowering down the scoreline. People will look at you. People will obviously look. Hey, the goalkeeper. Who is this goalkeeper? And all that. So my thoughts on playing for Haugang that point of time was to prove myself again. It was start a reset for me. It's like a reset. So I need to start from zero. Even though I'm uh, about thirty one, I tell myself I need to reset. And if I can sneak into the national team, that will be a great achievement for me. So that was the target. You actually had that goal in mind when you signed for yeah. Haugang. You wanted to be in the national team. Yes, that's my target. Because we, we, it's yeah, sorry, we will talk about the national team a bit later on. But I just want to touch on Haugang United uh, and the relationship that you had with the fans at that time. Uh, how did that develop and you know is that one of the most uh, important things in football that you miss yeah I think I think fans really bring out of you the best out of you lah during games because that point of time I think Haugang Hull was the first one to start this kind of fans Fan atmosphere atmosphere yeah. in the league itself and they start off very small and eventually they grow into like a big group and they help the players a lot in terms of how they support us they feel you they make you feel like a superstar like after game they wait for you take photo with you and you don't get it uh, like that sometimes when you're playing for certain clubs and all that and you're not a big player but they make all the players feel big and that's the reason why every game we play when they come and support us we want to give them good result or even good performance So, uh, Fudaus, of course, opened the show with that chant, right? The one uh, father Salim. Uh, did you find yourself sometimes uh, chanting along while while the game was going Maybe on? Maybe in the shower singing. <laughs> <laughs> no, la, this thing has been going on until now. Even my friend will call me and say, hello, one father Salim. They will sing the song and just to call me and disturb me. Yeah, so basically this has been with me for, even though I'm retired from football, it has been me until now. So the chant was like, it was like the one Tanah Mira song, right? Something like that, yeah. So the chant, actually really helped me a lot in my game lah. Yeah, I feel so good when they chant your name. It's always feel good when you know the fans are shouting your name, giving you this uh, support. Wow, he's shocked lah, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, not just the fans, but it seemed also at the time the club itself was very different from uh, all the other uh, other S-League clubs at the time. Why Why was that the case? Why? What made Haugang so special? I think um, for us, the moment when I think I remember 2010, Bill Elm took over the club and he started off very small in terms of 
financially and how he want to grow eventually as a club. He got a target that he want three years, five years down the road, which is good because um, as a player, we always want to know what's the next target that the club want to do. And eventually, after a while, I think like now, Haugang is so doing very well in terms how they manage and how and they do that. I think the reason why the management people that how they manage the team and the coaches they choose to coach the team is very important and the players they kept along the way and they don't make too many changes from 2010 up to 2012 because 10-11 was AD then came Nina Bacina so the target was still there yeah that's the reason why and the family atmosphere from the uh, management all the way up to the players that's the reason why make the club so special at Haugang okay uh, at this point I just like to ask you know you have worked with plenty of goalkeeper coaches uh, uh, during your time as a player Who was one goalkeeper coach that really stood out for you? Maybe in terms of the approach, uh, maybe in terms of his technique. Wow, very difficult question. <laughs> Because I worked with, uh, when I was younger, when I growing up, I worked with Lee Bising. Yep. Then I do work with uh, Rizal Hassan at Haugang as well. Mm-hmm. And I think both of them, in terms of technical and the session they self, they, they design for us, for me at especially was really good. It helps me a lot in my game because I think, to be honest, at Haugang, I think I did my best in terms of how I perform. I think they helped me a lot in that sense. And then, I have one more guy I need to mention. Baji, you know Baji from <laughs> the time when, yeah. uh, for national team? Yeah. Well, he's another guy that the training session that he did, he did was really Wow, different from... I, I yeah. remember vaguely, uh, I mean, I was quite young and new to the scene when I started covering uh, the Singapore national team. I remember he, I, I watched a few training sessions and he would bring this, uh, the one that you use for rugby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Training, the tackle pad. Yeah. yeah, the tackle pad. And then he would use it uh, on the goalkeepers. Uh, and he was quite physical in, in, in training. So was that completely new to you at that time? Okay, that, uh, that point of time, I think the game was changing a little bit. It was going to the modern era where it's more on game uh, situation related off-session because back then was more on uh, basic handling all that shot stopping but when it comes to after 2011 chof it's more to game related so the reason why he did that was he's trying to make it as realistic as possible during crossing and then he will put on his I think the head gear as well <laughs> he put on the head gear you know in case where we need to punch the ball we can punch really hard so he won't get hurt so in a game you won't have any like uh, hesitated in to move forward to punch so that's the reason why he do, he did that so he would literally like go into you with the head gear you need to punch you don't punch him he get angry wow. so he wanted to make sure that it really really game related yeah so did anyone knock him out? <laughs> no I don't think so even Hassan <laughs> never knock him out <laughs> thankfully uh, we, we have to talk about this uh, which was uh, in 2015 um, you were of course suspended by Haugang uh, and also a complaint was made by Haugang Uh, after Warriors were alleged to have illegally approached you to sign. Uh, what happened and, and did Warriors really approach you at that time? Because to me, I find this a bit weird because, uh, I mean, you you mentioned it earlier, right? Where how uh, by June or, or sometimes even the previous season, clubs are already in, in talks with you to let you know, hey, we want you next season and also Why was this any different? The reason why is because I was on a two-year contract. Ah. So basically, my contract was in 2014. I end on 2015. So I don't want to go into deeper because it's something that already passed and it's going to be very good <laughs> to say this. Lah. But it was uh, unforeseen circumstances where things doesn't happen that I wanted to because that point of time, Warriors was playing AFC. Mm. that was my only chance to play for AFC at that point of time I'm already be 33, 34 finishing on my career that was the only tournament that I wanted to play and I tried my luck I spoke to Haugang and asked them to release me and it happens yes they say after that they said no Mm-hmm. then it become a bit hoo-ha and here and there here and there and doesn't happen and that's the reason why I retire from football be- because of this yes What, why Why was it the case I mean why did you not want to just play another year the reason why it was very complicated in terms of it would involve a lot of people so that point of time I told myself I already 34 years old and I just got married you know and I just got a baby a child and I told myself why would I want to go into this uh, situation where I need to involve a lot of people so I, take a, I took a decision 
to myself, I say, it's okay. I I stop and I I <laughs> literally like shut off from Haugang with my my contract still ongoing. Yeah, so it was an ongoing contract and it ends in 2015. And that's all happens uh, until that. And it's nothing until now. But yeah. but did you feel at the time that you were not prepared for it? I mean, because it was a sudden decision, like uh, had you thought about your post-career, what to do in terms of money and all that? Like, Because it seems like it was a very uh, quick decision at that time. Actually, no. Lah. <laughs> so no. basically, it's like a sudden decision where I tell myself, ah, never mind. Lah. I just going to see what happens next. Yeah, so and eventually it was hard for the first six months and there was an urge in me to come back and play because I remember that point of time I just recovered from uh, injury on my hand and I was going quite okay. It's not that I'm having a bad season. I was having a quite a good season and I was nomi- nominated in the top 20 players and all that and you know, but things happen and it didn't manage to go where I wanted it to be and Like I say, I don't want to involve people around me, and that's the reason why I make that decision to stop playing on my own, lah. Did yeah. you regret it after a while? Actually, until now, you ask me yes, lah. If I got opportunity to play now, I will play, lah. <laughs> so, so you did, you did uh, re- regret that that chance. Yeah. So, bet if if you ask me, uh, like two years ago, I would say I should have made the right choice by staying at Haugang and finish my contract but now if you ask me I'm happy with what I'm doing right now yep, yeah and and good segue to to go into that about what you're doing right now which is uh, of course coaching uh, when you were a, a player did you already think about going into coaching was that a, an option that you wanted to pursue Um, when I was playing, I did a lot of uh, part-time coaching in terms of helping uh, kids from lower income base for a free coaching clinic and all that. So I think I enjoy the way the smile the kids put on their face when they are happy. And that's the reason why I go into coaching lah, to help the kids. Because I believe whatever I have in me, I can share with the kids based on experience and based on what I have to help the kids develop either to be a good footballer or be a big a good person in terms of discipline, I think that will be a good achievement for me also. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, in terms of your opportunity with Elbrex, uh, how did that come about? So basically, I'm currently actually working full-time as an academy director for F17. And two years ago, in 2021, we had a partnership with Elbrex. And Elbrex were looking for a goalkeeper coach. So Mr. Ko went to speak to my in-charge and asked whether I'm interested to do it. Then I was like, oh my God, Abirex are sure or not? Ah? <laughs> so I told my in-charge, okay, can I give it a try? Lah? So I went on last year to start uh, coaching for Abirex on, based on the schedule that I'm able to commit. And it was a good start. I It was a bit difficult because in terms of language barrier, that time of time Koga was there but lucky I got Alau who helped me a lot in terms how to communicate with <laughs> the other goalkeeper. I don't know how Alau speak to them also. <laughs> <laughs> But he helped me a lot in terms getting uh, because Alau is very influential at Abirex mm. in terms of uh, he's quite senior and all that. And it took me a while to to because I know Japanese. Uh, I's a bit different in local for because I was coaching the younger age group. The highest I coached for 17 years old. Mm. So to a coach and adult team, it was a big challenge for me. I had to do a lot of research in terms how to help this Koga in terms of how to manage my communication and all that so times goes by and I think it was a great experience for me and second year last uh, when the end of the year then Mr. Ko asked me again you want to continue then I say does the coach want me <laughs> so just to you know make sure that the Yoshinaga wanted me to be as his coaching staff because he's new and I never worked with him before he was just technical director last year and Mr. Ko said Yoshi wanted me to be part of the coaching staff and that's the reason why I agreed to continue with Abirex okay yeah. wonderful uh, before we end off the episode of course uh, we got to talk about national team um, you got your first call up in 2002 Uh, before making an eventual debut four years later. Uh, but as a boy growing up, I'm sure one of your dreams would have been to put on a national jersey and play for your country. How did it feel like in 2006 when you finally made that appearance? I think the feeling was, was I, I think it's a nervous feeling. You know why? Because that debut was in a King's Cup. Mm-hmm. So was playing at the Raja Mangala Stadium, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. yeah. So that was, Katisuk was still playing for Thailand. Oh, wow. Tawan Sripan and all that. 
And I remember it was in the 69 minute, Lionel Lewis got injured. We were already down by 2-0. I came in and I played for, I think, about 28-9 minutes, something like that. And I kept a clean sheet. Lah. Ah. <laughs> so it was a good feeling, a good uh, good debut for me, even though the team lost. But personally, I managed to uh, don the national team, at, uh, JC, and also kept a clean sheet for 30 minutes. <laughs> yep, and, and that's something to always look back yeah. on, right? Uh, one thing I have to ask though is, um, you of course had a very good career at the league level. Huh? That, that's not something that can be debated. A very top goalkeeper at league level. But because of who was playing at that time, you know, you 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 were overlooked for the national team. How did it feel like mentally and did it affect you at all? Did you, every time that you saw the national collapse, did you feel upset? Uh, actually, no. So for me that after the Suzuki Cup in 2007, I told myself that whatever happened next, if I get caught up, it's a bonus for me, obviously. And eventually, it didn't happen after 2007 all the way up to 2013 13, yeah. when Bunch came in to be the. That's the reason uh, when I got caught up in 2013, I was telling myself, oh my God, I'm too old for this, man. But, and I told myself, maybe they want me to be there to help to share experience with the younger players and all that. So... I went and that point of time was Hassan and Iswan in the team as well. So to be able to be back in the national team at that point of time and to to learn that point of time the new burn style of system how you want to play football was great because he was playing a lot out from the back. Keeper need to be very comfortable in possession and all that. So it's a good challenge for me at that point of time. Ending on my career to do this and then something that I can bring along with me. Why do you feel surprised though? Because you said when you joined Haugang in 2010... You had a vision of yourself playing for the national team again. And when it came about again under Bunch Tanga in 2013, why did it take you by surprise? Did, didn't you feel like, yes, I have actually achieved one of my goals? Actually, no. Because in 2010, I told myself when I signed for Haugang, I, I put I put a two-year two year, uh, period of how I'm going to engage myself to play in the national team. 10 and 11. So when after 11 come chop, I was like, okay, lah, never mind. Lah. Just oh. play club football. So after that, that's the dream died. Yeah, that's suddenly like, I didn't believe when they say, hey, you got call up. And I say, hey, you don't bluff. Lah. No, really, really. You go and watch the newspaper. Eh? Really, ah, wah. So surprised and quite happy actually. Yeah, that point of time because no Haugang player ever represent the national team. Lah. Mm-hmm. So I was the first uh, player for Haugang to represent the national team. And I think the club itself was very happy in, in that point of time. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, one one moment we have to talk about is being part of the 2007 Suzuki Cup at that time. Uh, not just being a, a part of a winning team, but that bond that you had with the, the players at that time as a squad. Uh, is this something that you always look back on with uh, happy moments? Yes, I always look back into it because we spent almost, I think, two months away from the family, uh, traveling and staying at a hotel to prepare for the tournament. And we see each other almost every day morning breakfast, lunch, dinner and all that. And that point of time, we have a mix of experienced player and young player. That point of time, Edie was the captain and then we have younger player like myself and all the other uh, players as well. And it was a very good uh, blend of mix of players with Radi and the coach himself. And Radi is a very, how to say, he really knows how to prepare his team for every game. Like that's the reason why I think uh, Singapore was very successful with Radi in terms of Suzuki Cup. For sure. Um, we've come to the end of the interview, but before we let you go, of course, we've got a rapid fire round. Five quick questions. Uh, I'll start off the first one. Uh, who has been the toughest striker that you've faced in your career? Uh, Ludovic. Ludovic, Ludovic. Ludovic. Ballester one? Yes. Home United, right? Home yeah. United and Home United, yeah. Yeah. What, what is it about him that was so, so tough? I think the uh he's a very stocky striker, small, and he can turn quick with the ball, and he will take shots from any angle. So I think defenders have tr- tr- trouble with uh, def- uh defending him, and also for me as a goalkeeper, it's very hard to go against him because he's very strong. Uh. I did tackle him one time, but he never fall down. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard like a few players yeah. say that about yeah. him. Like he's just a immovable object. It's just a bonus question I want to ask. Um, in terms of local. Forwards, whose shot was the hardest? Local lah. Hardest ah. Oh, very hard to answer ah. In terms Local, of national team training. National team training ah. Because, ah, I got no answer for this. <laughs> because if you ask me, right, if national team when I was 
training with them, I think Safwan got a very strong shot. Sir. Safwan? Safwan Barudin. How about Mustafich? No, Mustafich, no, I don't oh. think so. <laughs> oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> Any of the, the forwards though that come to, to your mind? Amri Alamshah. Mm, okay, that's different. Huh? If you look at Amri's shot, it's not powerful, but his shot is always swerving. Mm. For Indra, it's always placing the ball. It's very difficult to say. For Along is always about power. Yeah, so if you ask me about power, then I will say Alam Shah. Lah. Okay. Uh, for that was the okay. next question. Next one. Um, Your best centre-back duo that you've played with? Best centre-back duo? Wow, people are going to kill me for this, man. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you want to mix and match from your career. Maybe one guy from no the right side, another one from the left side. I'm not going to mention any local player lah because they will find me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me I think Simon Clark one when I was playing at Woolen mm -hmm. yeah I think he's a very strong defender crazy and strong and then the other defender I will go for Kenji Arai Kenji Arai wow, yeah. nice what a defender he was yeah. uh, next question who is the best coach uh, you have worked under best coach I work under I have plenty uh. <laughs> the best one the best one that helped me in my career I mentioned two names lah I would say uh, Karatu and Edi Skanda. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we have here listed biggest regret, but you've kind of answered that. So maybe we put a positive spin on it. Like what's been your, I guess, biggest achievement or like your favorite moment from your playing career? Um, saving two penalty against DPMM in 2013. What, what is it about these penalties though that you you seem to be quite an expert at it? Uh, is it a mind games thing or do you really feel like you've got a good technique to, to stop penalties um, mind game is one that's one part of I do and I do watch a lot of how the players take the penalty mm. so I always study them so in terms of every training session even I go national team training I will study the player lah. <laughs> so I always have the edge in terms of I know where they're going to kick so whenever they face me they'll be like shit Fadil <laughs> Okay. Tell us a bit, like, okay, when, when your team concedes a penalty, like, what's the first thing you do? Do you, like, go ahead and grab the ball or, like, play around on the patch? Or, no, like... I go to the referee first. Uh. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> go to the referee, ask him why this, 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 try to waste time a little bit, referee explain this, this, this. Then, after that, I, I know really, like, I look at it, I want to see who take the penalty. Then I okay. say, oh, this guy, I know this guy, easy. <laughs> I see, so that's your process. Yeah, okay. Oh, nice. Uh, last question, what is your wish for Singapore football? Um, my wish for Singapore football is I hope that they can achieve the target that they wanted to do in the 2034 yep, the UTR uh, raw project right? I think it will help uh, us in terms where we are in the world map as well Yeah, I think we have a lot of young talent in Singapore basically yeah, a lot so it's just on how we manage them and how we help them to, to get where they are to be able to help Singapore football Alright, Fadil, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, plenty of memories that we talked about. Uh, wishing you and Elbrex all the best for the coming uh, second round, third round and fourth round of the SPL season. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys.